FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 371 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. I'm your host, Jason, and I have all the Excalibros and the tangential Excalibros. Wait, I'm sorry. I meant that nicely, but now that I said it, it sounds kind of patronizing. I apologize. So I'm going to say Ian first. He's first and foremost. <laughs> and then following on his coattails are Dan and Georgie. Hey guys. Thanks, sir. Yep. Hello. <laughs> How's everybody doing? All good. Y'all ready good to talk stuff. about some Dawn of X? Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Enthusiasm is um, contagious. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get to this round of books, um, Dan, when we started recording, I had asked about one of the news and I, I was trying to remember have we talked about upcoming books like the rundown not really together okay so yeah. I know there's been a couple since the last time we recorded so um, obviously I think you know we've talked about fallen angels kind of coming to an end and we have hellions coming out how do you guys are you guys excited about hellions um, I, I like. Is it Zeb Wells? Let's do it. Yes. I like. I like his. I like his uh, writing style. Um, the cast is okay. It's weird that Orphan Maker just keeps popping up in my blooming peripheral <laughs> vision every, every five minutes. Yeah. Is this the one with Havoc in it as well? Yes. Yeah. I'm glad to see Havoc land somewhere. I'm trusting the creative teams to do something interesting with the other characters that I don't care right. much about. Right. Um. Sinister in it because. There's a sinister in it, yes. Uh, Are we what? down to one? I don't even know what's going on with that. <laughs> is there is there one sinister right now, or is there still like Mr. Mrs. Baby, whatever? Who knows? Army of sinisters. Um, sometimes even, sometimes even fabulous, Hickman's... sometimes evil. Yeah. I mean, even Hickman's thing didn't really clear it up. There was still like an island of the list that we really right. saw. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's one on the island who looks very very dull in Fallen Angels, and other than that, I'm not sure. Um, right, so I, I guess we're all kind of wait and see on Hellions. So I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe surprise you guys. Due to the creative team only, I'm kind of looking forward to this cable book. That that Noto totally, I've seen looks really nice. I've totally forgot there's a cable book. Yeah. Who's writing that? Uh, that one's Dugan, right? Okay, I mean, Duggan and Noto on a book sounds pretty good, you know? Uh, That actually sounds like the better of the two you just mentioned. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, Okay, and then also we have uh, X-Factor. Let, let's say this. Remember when we read the Jean Grey book and we were all like, oh, we're not really fans of Jean. And then uh-huh. uh, Hopeless, and I forget who was the art team, was like, oh, actually made Jean into a, an interesting character. Yeah. Like, 
Duggan and Noto could totally make a good book. I don't care who it could be. It could be only Orphan Maker that they were working with, and they could make a good book. So right, yeah, Cable could be yeah. great. I need my Orphan Maker mini series now because he's <laughs> as popular as Wolverine. Oh, she's as popular. I can't remember which one it is anymore. Is it the egg got the pass robot? Isn't it? Um, I don't know. All right. Well, this this X Factor book. Sorry, who's yeah. who's running this? X Factor is uh, the ever enigmatic Lee Williams and oh crap, who's who's drawing it? Baldian. Baldian. Oh yeah, David Baldian. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's going to be a beautiful looking book, and I really like the premise. I know I'm probably on the more positive side of Williams, but ha- she's a big question mark for me. Like I, I still contend that what if magic may have been my favorite single issue of 2018, but it was great. That, but then she's written a lot of stuff that I don't like as much. Her Emma one shot was fun as well, right? Yeah, but then I, I don't think I don't know if you guys read it, so I, I, I made myself read just the last issue of Gwenpool because Wolverine was in it, so I did it for the podcast, mm-hmm. and it was surprisingly entertaining to me. Okay. So, so that backs up my thesis that she's really good at focusing yeah. on single characters, but when right. it comes to a team book, she doesn't know how to handle it. <laughs> yeah, to be, yeah. To be, be. Fair, I'm, to be fair, I'm sold on Baldion, but I'm also sold on the fact that I was like, um, with all of the sort of, like, the Dawn of X is just like, here, just have every gay character in the world in every book. It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're just going to just throw them everywhere. And I just looked at, the, I looked at the lineup and I was like, that is the queerest lineup, I think. X-Men has ever done and um yeah and it's going to focus on uh North Star North Star's boy, uh, husband as well so I'm like yeah. he's going to be like a main character as well he's just not on the front character on, on the front page and I was just like screw it let's yeah. just hope she doesn't she doesn't drop the ball <laughs> right um, well and I think the concept's really cool and the though I bring in the investigation piece but tying it into the resurrection protocol on yeah. um, is I think it's just a really neat concept sure. um and we'll hopefully dive into some of kind of the ethically gray questions of the resurrection protocols and you know how do they how oh, they treat man. certain situations. I had no idea that was what this was about. Like plot is not it's not her strong suit. This could <laughs> this could all unravel into a giant mess that what was her book for was Age of X Men? What was that book? Oh no. Extremists. Uh, you know that didn't make any sense at all. No. But Hickman's in control this time. Not, yeah, I'm kind of give. I'm kind of gonna give a pass to Age of X Men, <laughs> and just assume that no one turned in their best work. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> and then we also have the one I know least about, uh, Children of the Atom. Now I saw that the sample art, like the, I guess the cover, is by R. B. Silva. Is he gonna be drawing that book? No, um, I come who. I know it's uh, is it Vita Ayla is doing is writing. Uh, yeah. She wrote um, Prisoner X, right? Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. But the concept is like, what if the X Men had sidekicks, specific X Men? Because like the cover is actually like a hollow cover, if you know what I mean. So it, it shows you like the original versions of Cyclops and Angel and that, and then it transitions to like these new Cyclops and Angel people. I don't know. It's like introducing a new group of actual X-Men, like training an actual like strike force or something. Okay. 
So, so Bernard like Ching it. is the artist. That's the guy that was currently or recently did Teen Titans, right? His his art's really like hyper energetic. Uh, yes. leans a little bit heavily on the um, manga style. style. Mm-hmm. Okay, but um, like I think his his work will, will work well with like a youthful book, right? Um, but I'm I. My question mark is, why can't we just use the kids that already exist? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> why do we need to like make an, a copy of Cyclops? Because like, there's a female Cyclops, um, a bulky dude Jean, and a, a female Gambit, and some sort of dude that looks right. exactly like Archangel. And then I there's think a Nightcrawler. Brisson has laid claim to any mutant past like 2000, unfortunately. Uh, so like they have to like create other ones that Brisson doesn't already have some sort of like copyright on. I don't know. Okay, so I never. I'm just now looking at the second cut. Like I guess the underneath cover. Um, so these are these kids that were like cloned through the eggs, but altered, or they just happened to find these perfect matches. I feel like it's the it's the beginning of like cardinal like it might be all like sinister makes. A batch oh, of... okay, gotcha. That makes sense. See, if it was yeah, the, if it's that then, if it's that then I'm fine because then it's literally the children of the atom. Like it's a right. literal translation of the title, and I'm like, cool, they're clones. But if they are just like, oh, we just happened to find Ivy and Lash. Right. Did you just call her Ivy and Lash? Yeah, I did because I, I mean, <laughs> that that better <laughs> stick. <laughs> I remember really love superheroes. That's all. Uh, so everyone's like a lass or a lad, aren't they? In that, right? Okay. Remember early on where they were like, "What if we cloned but put other bo- people's, you know, consciousness and other things and all these sort of possibilities?" That's, I think you're right. This is the start of like these branching paths, which makes it interesting to me. Um, but yeah, you, it, it depresses me that Georgie is probably right that Britain has laid claim to every mutant from every young mutant from 2000. <laughs> wow, these designs are very Voltron. Look at that yeah. the the or the mask on the angel guy on the new angel guy. It reminds me of you know when they redid the costumes for the O O five. Uh huh. Um, yes. It reminds me kind of those designs. Very similar. But okay. also talking, talk, have, we, have we actually talked about that Laura, where Laura lands after um, Fallen well, Angels finishes? So, I mean, I don't know where she necessarily lands. She's going to be in an upcoming issue of X Men, but that team, that book changes cast so much. I don't know what, or, or are you talking about something else that I don't know about? No, I'm, I'm talking about that teaser because it means that she's in, she's actually important. Hickman's using right, her, right? Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> she made the first string. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel like Basically, I really yeah. want. I really want to see that those three is like a. In a they should be the fallen angel team. <laughs> like, right. just resurrect the book and be like, there we go. There we don't go. need. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Well, is anything else I'm I'm overlooking that's coming up? I can't even. Oh, they've announced that there's a crossover event. A crossover event against all the books in December, which will which will uh... change. What's that, and that about? Don't, there's no details. And that the oh. uh, Xbooks are going to be, some of the Xbooks are going to be heavily tied into Empire, spelled Pyre is in fire. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So there's going to be tie ins in about two, three months. Okay. Mm. That's, that's the only other X things I can remember. 
We'll see how that goes, I guess. Um, yeah, and there's that that Fantastic Four book, which looks pretty decent. Um, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. So we'll definitely talk about that when it comes out. But I guess then we should just switch and talk about the things that have already come out. So we got a handful of books we're going to talk about here today. Um, we're going to start off with Marauders number four. And Georgie, you're going <laughs> to take the ball on this one. Um, take a bu- the ball, take a bullet, however we want to go with this. I, are we, are we going to be on a similar page? Let, let's I, see. Yeah, well, let's see. Uh, so writer, we have uh, Jerry Duggan, uh, artist Lucas Wernick, color artist Federico Blee, letterer VCs Corey Pettit, design Tom Muller, with the cover by Russell Dodderman and Matthew Wilson. Uh, and the cover is just a glorious storm lightning flying like at the screen uh I, I really enjoy this cover yes i i love this cover spoiler i i like almost all of the covers we're going to talk about today but i think this one may be the top of the heat for me it's hard to be like upset at a daughterman cover right right what do this you guys my, think this is my most no i'm joking this is not my most um i was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna be negative but i'm not it's a daughterman cover i'm just like yay it's the best storm I've seen um, in a little while. Yeah. Sure. I can't disagree with any of you. That's what I can really say. It might be my favorite. All right. How much has Dan paid you to not disagree with us? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not on liberty to discuss that right now. Because I'll, I'll double it just to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in that case. <laughs> that's, that's the best out of all of them. There's another one that's better. Well, in actual fact, I'm actually not a fan of it. I don't know why, but it just doesn't appeal How? to me. How does that not? <laughs> the, the storm cover you don't like? I can't explain it. I just, it just feels... You usually like his art because you love fun. I like his art. I don't like the cover. What is wrong with you? It just feels... Do you prefer X-Far? Do you prefer what? X-Far. You don't get the joke, there, do you? No, I don't. He doesn't read X-Files. We don't read X-Files, so I remember. (laughs) That's just the first step in creating a healthy and happy household. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Disagreement over Dartman. That's a headline. headline Ian, I gotta say, we're gonna exchange words if you found the artwork inside to be better than this cover, because... He says it's beautiful. He just doesn't know why he doesn't really. It doesn't really take to him. But he just said it really quietly. All right. well, I mean, <laughs> that happens. I get that. People talking. Oh, <laughs> All right. Well, let's 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 jump into this. Uh, I, I never <laughs> thought we'd have controversy on one of the best covers we've seen in a while. All right. <laughs> it's, uh, the, some... it's the current state of all of our countries. We must argue about everything. Mm. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> what end, was that again? The end of Western civilization. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we we start off with uh, uh, the top secret for your eyes only document. It's it's kind of fun and funny about like the X desk is investigating, but it's not really necessary. Um, then we jump to Brazil, where we are greeted with some pedestrian artwork uh, right off the bat that really took the wind out of my sails, which. Is an apt pun for this book. Um, <laughs> but basically, there's all these uh, 
teenage uh, Brazilian teenagers on the beach trying to, to escape, but their government won't let them until the marauders come. And there's a there's a fun page of Pyro being crazy and uh, the teenagers try to escape. Uh, some crazy military guy jumps down to like kill them, and until Storm shows up, hits him with a blast of lightning, and then hits him with more lightning, and they they escape with the kids. Um, like it, it's fun having Storm be there, and the writing, like I, I still feel is fun, but this artwork is just it's not terrible, but like in in this same batch, we're reading X Men and we're reading. Um, New Mutants with uh, what's his name back on there, and and just by comparison, you're like, yeah, this is kind of just like standard comic book art fair, right? There's nothing yeah. to write home about, right? I will say, you can tell this is the issue that had not been completed yet when people started complaining about uh, Storm's skin color. Yes, because it's corrected. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dan, Ian, any comments on the artwork? Um. It is just it is I, I it, it does its job. It yeah. tells the story in a competent fashion, but it is the writing that is the best part of this book. Oh, hands mm-hmm. down. Yeah, it's not it's not like hey, this is awful, but it's like oh, I've seen artwork on this level thousands of times before, and it, it's nothing to write home about. Uh, all right, well, in Taipei we have Kate. She's no longer going by Kitty. Remember, Kate and Bishop are trying to infiltrate. Uh, this building, because what's her name? You know, here's here's an inside to my process. I, I write jokes for kind of a living now, and I will write them and practice them and know them. And as soon as I go on stage and the lights are on me, I go blank. It's happening right now. I can't remember. My memory is shit. Who is? What's the name of this 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 um, uh, Chinese <laughs> politician? That's yes. Lam, Lim, was that it? Lim? I think so. I think Lim is right. Yes. Yes. Okay. It's it's coming back. I just gotta embrace my awfulness. All right. So uh they go to infiltrate uh this building, uh, because Lim has been like on the rampage against mutants. And uh they sneak in, they phase through. It's kind of a, a fun portion where the uh kitty stops phasing their uh, parachute right in the ceiling, so they're just hanging there. It's kind of a fun idea. There's some nice banter back and forth until they face through a wall and they find out that uh, Lim's husband, who she was claiming was taken by the mutants, was just... Uh, he had joined a cult that was praising mutants, um, and she had locked him up. And then there's a fight, and we have... Obviously, Jason, uh, this was to your interest, right? Because we had uh, some sort of death strike light women show up. Sure. Sure. Any any comments? They look cool, I guess. I mean, their their arms are green and blackish. Sure. All right, so there's a fight, and Kitty gets <laughs> punched, and then she punches back, and then they shoot these these people, and they escape with the husband, and who they take to the rally and like rub Lim's nose in the fact that she's been lying, and then they leave, um, and then Lim uh, goes on off to Madripoor to uh, enlist the help of. The used to be Hellfire Club, which are just a bunch of like kids, and we'll get into it in issue five. But I, I'm clueless to who these people are, so maybe maybe uh, one of you enlighten me. Yeah, creation. Yes, yeah, they were the Hellfire Club replacement during Wolverine and the X Men, that series. Um, oh, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of them was Frankenstein's grandson or something. I think yes. they came with the goggles. 
And there's the Kill Cake guys related to somebody, but I forget who. And then uh, the girl and the other boy. I, they didn't do as he, Aaron didn't use them as much. He really focused on the other two, Kate and Frankenstein. But but they did some stuff too. Um, All right. So they're, they're basically like filthy rich. Like like if Richie Rich was evil and hated mutants. Yeah, that's how it feels. I mean, right. they're just like yeah. no name kids, like bratty kids with money who want to hurt people. Right. Um, and that's the the end so, of the issue. So, you know, the Trump administration. <laughs> I mean, Republicans <laughs> all the world over. <laughs> Whatever. Rich rich white people who are out to hurt minorities. All right. right. We've seen this before. Um, but that's basically the book. Personally, I thought, you know, Duggan does his job on his end. But the, the you know, issue one and two were, were really nice. Uh, was it issue three? I think had a, a, a different artist that was focused on Shinobi. It was uh-huh. different, but u- nice, like unique. Yeah. This one felt like, oh, it's a little bit of a letdown in comparison. It was, I'm not saying it's a bad issue, but I, I wasn't as, uh, it didn't grab me the same way as, as the first three did. I, I'm i with you there. Um, I enjoyed it, but it was definitely a step down to me from issues one through three. Uh, a couple of highlights. I like the fact that Lockheed, is giving Pyro his fire, and then the Pyro makes a fire dragon. I thought that looked pretty cool. Um, all right, so the first lightning strike from Storm like lands near the guy. Seems pretty appropriate. But this guy's just like a military human dude, and that second lightning strike like is right on him. Wouldn't that kill him? Right. And doesn't Storm just straight up murder this guy? Well, I think he makes like a. But it's like uh, Looney, yeah, it's like Looney Tunes. Right. Like he's, like he's laying in the middle of this crater, like, oh, like the Acme bomb just blew him up. Yeah. But it, it doesn't really fit in the. I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. She's been. Let's give her credit. She's been lightning people for decades. She probably has an idea of the voltage <laughs> it takes to like fry someone. So sure. she is the expert. Okay. Right. I, I, I would. I thought. I thought he had powers. He sort of like drops down in like like a tank. In front of the kids with his boom. Maybe yeah, she just whoa, player, sure. just like, you know what? Yeah, he must Go have powers. You're right. Okay, that makes sense then. But um, yeah, oh, sorry. Um, I think I interrupted Ian. I apologize. Oh, that's all right. I'm done. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you can say it more loudly. Silence for you. It's for you to speak. It's your turn. I literally said it. That was it. But like, we didn't hear you, man. Say it again. Uh, but it was just like her would be like, uh, you know what, just just go away. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a warning a warning strike, I guess. But but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you guys think? I mean, I, I like the idea of using the husband to discredit the lady and then she gets desperate. Like that's that's kind of a cool twist, I guess. Um yeah, I don't know. It was good. Not not maybe as good as the previous issues. Danny, what did you guys think of Marauders number four? I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, artistically, it's not like the greatest, though. Like, there's some really there's ideas there about the use of Kate, uh, Kate's power. Sorry, nearly went to say the other one. And um, the sort of we ha- I've not seen in a long time or ever really like the the parachute or using a pillow as a deadly weapon against the yeah. Santa Bogni. Yeah, and, and, and just like her like 
playfulness of like phasing object ivory through the through the wall because it's bad and, you know, <laughs> and and I generally thought it was quite like to be honest. It often we've said that uh, you know bad writing can destroy good looking book and vice versa. Um, but I generally thought that the, the script really quite elevated what was all sort of mediocre art. And sure. like I love this feels like it's nice to see Storm to be like yeah I'm actually like super powerful and goodbye insect man because you're talking to a goddess because um, for let's be fair Storm has been wallpaper for what like the last two cycles of X-Men books <laughs> right yeah so it's nice to yeah, like cut loose a little bit and um and I generally I'm usually not really like Bishop's just there as like a I'm Bishop, I'm Stern. That's kind of like his entire like shtick. But I thought that's just what it was. Yeah, to be, but like, I, generally, I think it worked. Like <laughs> Duggan really makes it work with with Kate and, and Bishop having like this really great sort of back and forth. And I like that she's said, "Is it this one?" She's deciding to like pitch him the whole Red yes. Bishop, mm-hmm. um, right? And I generally, and to be honest, when I saw the kids at the end, I was like, "Ah, well, they have not been used in a long time, so it's quite." It's nice to see maybe like a different sort of bratty of the t- of our times villain. Um, right. See, I kind of enjoyed it. I oh, already want the brats dead. You already want them dead. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what do you think? I enjoyed it. It doesn't quite hold up to the previous issues, but there's a lot of fun in there and enough little quirky bits and bobs that just makes it still worth reading. Okay. All right. Well, what do you want to rate this then? Yeah. Why don't you go first, Ian? What do you want to give Marauders number four? Out of six. Out of six. Hmm. Is it as good as the others? I'll say four. Okay. What about you, Dan? Uh, I thought he would go lower, but I'm also going four. Because <laughs> I thought it'd be the highest. <laughs> <laughs> it's good I still enjoy it. That's it's not cool. like it's that bad that I'm just like, just. Go in the bin. I feel, like, I feel like I'm a higher four, but not quite five. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, what about you, Georgie? I'm in less of a forgiving mood uh, this week. Uh, this is this is getting a three for me, and not that uh, uh, this is necessarily you know, bad, as we've said. It was just, I, I, I finished reading it, and I felt, eh, it, it didn't really, it didn't, it didn't uh, make my dangle ningle, if, if that makes sense. <laughs> Jeez. Total sense. Right. So I'm going <laughs> to... We're going to get degrees of ratings here. So I'm, I'm going to give it a very <laughs> solid four out of six claws. Not quite as high as Dan's four, but a little bit higher than Ian's four. <laughs> I'd agree. <laughs> wow. wow. All right. Do we need, like, color? Like, do we break down the numbers into colors? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's move on then to Excalibur number four, which is Black Air, Black Magic, written by Tini Howard, art by Marcus Toe, colors by Eric Arseniega, letters by VCs Corey Pennant, woohoo, woo-hoo. designed by Tom Mueller, uh, covered by Mahmoud Azrar and Matthew Wilson, and be totally transparent. I'm a sucker for dragons, but I really like this cover. It's fun. It is fun. It's 
got a dragon and it's got Betsy. Not Betsy. Yeah, it's Betsy. Yeah. Right. I'm getting them confused. It's Captain the other one. Betsy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You don't have to think about the other Salak anymore. So there is just one now. There's just one for now. Yeah. <laughs> and this has been so much better because that one was just disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the lovely Captain Britain. Could you imagine if the issue was just about um, our new newly minted captain defeating a dragon? Because that would be a fun action issue, I feel. Yeah. She's got all the superpowers. She's got the super strength, the invulnerability, all that. Sh- all that. She can fly she now. Doesn't use it though, does she? Why would you? Why yeah. would you join? All you need is a t- TK short sword and shield. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the cover is f- fun, fine. Uh, not not the greatest, <laughs> but not terrible. All right. <laughs> the insides just color my feeling on this issue so much. I can't help it. <laughs> so um, we'll, you know, by the way, a little plug here. If you want a full rundown and all the gory details of this issue... Um, and it will be on an upcoming issue or episode, sorry, of Excalibros. I, I'm going to do a little bit more brief. Um, basically, Gambit is still sad that Rogue is in her Sleeping Beauty purple coffin of flowers. Um, and then he says, I'm going to leave. And he goes to the British, what is that, Dan? Is that y'all's White House? What is that? Parliament. This comic doesn't understand how our country actually works. He, we think that they, I don't know what it is, but you can't say that, Dan, because <laughs> there's a lot of details about like British government in this comic, like boringly like, British details. On... <laughs> I feel like it's more like a Wikipedia because, like, they've gone, to, <laughs> gone to the Queen who has literally no power in this country. Um, it's all pretend and pompous and show, but apparently Captain Britain has to have the Queen's permission, not you know the people who rule the country itself, the Parliament. But anyway, um, so they've gone to Buckingham Palace. Yes, I forgot about that because you know Buckingham Palace is nothing but a trophy. Because it's always a trophy. Yeah, it's a cal- it. it has no seat. It's not the seat of power. I don't understand. Who wrote? Have they been to England? No. <laughs> Clearly not done. They probably made the right choice to avoid it. It's crazy. It's crazy. We had a moment recently where, like, um, the Queen has to, like, nod and go, yes, uh, when a new Prime Minister comes in. But it's all for show. Like, she, I wish she would turn around and go, no, I don't want you to get a new one. But they have no, they have no, they have no power. They're literally a tourist attraction. And now they're all upset because one of them's left or whatever. Who cares? No one gives a shit. Is it a boy band? I don't know. <laughs> Feels like it. But anyway, in this universe, in the Marvel universe, the seat of power is Buckingham Palace, and the Queen has say over everything. Because apparently, if you have royalty, we live in a monarchy, not a, a democracy. Apparently. Well. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so Gambit <laughs> Gambit splits to see like Moses through this protest, and um, well, he's walking to... down, and someone throws a bottle at him, and he charges it up and throws it back. Just to interject, Jason. Yes. The most realist of England is you see that protest there where people like get us out get human mutants out of the country that's literally real that that happens it's just it's not okay. mutants it's it's, else. everyone else right. yeah. everyone else yeah. get all anyone who doesn't speak like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins has to leave <laughs> <laughs> we have to leave now. that's an old um, uh, it's a pleasure inner, inner comics joke for you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, inside, Jubilee and Richter are walking down the literal red carpet, and 
and see Gambit outside blowing up posters and stuff, and people are filming him on their phones. So they go outside to quote-unquote help, and then Captain Britain comes out and says, hey guys, and then her and Pete Wisdom like flirt annoyingly incessantly. Then they go back to Krakoa, where Megan is upset, and her talkative baby meets her uncle, who's creepy and wearing a toga for some reason. And then Jubilee says, hey, leave them alone. And then Gambit and Richter go to find some crystals that are made out of ancient mutant bones. Um, They fall underground and fight some druids who worship Richter because he has earth powers. And then he's going to save Gambit, but Gambit falls. And then Betsy and some people, rich, some guys in England decide that Excalibur is going to work with the crown and represent Otherworld or be like the Otherworld Prime Minister or whatever. And then monsters come from Otherworld and then Rogue wakes up inside her coffin. Uh huh. I think I got everything. <laughs> yeah, you covered it. Uh, a, lot. a lot. I gotta say, you know, um, What's his name? May only uh, Jamie may only be wearing like a toga, but that's more than he normally wears. So he's kind of that's restricted. true. He usually just wears a thong. That's yes. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Um. Well, where to start? Um. <laughs> uh, artistically, I quite like. I still have a problem with all the energy being the bloody same color. Um. Yeah, I don't know why all I'm green or all purple, right? Obviously, we're doing the, yep. English, the British book, so I have to say bloody a few times. Um, <laughs> it's like a Claremont comic. Um, anyway, um, I think artistically, I still like Toe's character work. Um, he's obviously, uh, they've obviously listened to Georgie because there's a bit more in the background in places. Um, in places. In places. places. In slight places. But, um,. There's a there's a mounted ram's head on one of the walls. Yeah. <laughs> on that page. No, look at that page. I, I think it's the same one. It's like page 22 or 21. There's one, two, three, four, five panels. One has a background that's sparse. The other four are just None. gradients of color. Right. There's nothing <laughs> happening. Hey, man. Deadlines are tough, Georgie. <laughs> but, um, right. So what I would actually... <laughs> <laughs> so what 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 i'd actually maybe um what may have benefited the book was um having these storylines decompress i know it's a, a hated word in certain circles but uh decompress some of these storylines like uh, the whole going to meet the rich white people who hate mutants uh, but want betsy to be the prime minister of Otherworld or whatever um could have easily been somewhere else <laughs> like it could be in the aftermath of this story um like bringing pete wisdom in is just a nod to people who like excalibur um mm. it doesn't feel like it adds too much to the story and also pete and betsy have really had no relationship other than uh, uh, and i don't like pete is in love with well was and pretty much seems to always be in love with um uh kate pride um that was the whole shtick there, but right, right. no. Um, and it's nice to see that Richter and Jubilee get some dialogue, but Gambit is 
almost one note to the point of like annoyance now. Like it is it is just it looks cool. Gambit looks cool. Um (laughs) it does look uh, the I, whole, I, I, I like the hood on his cloak now and all that stuff works. It's fun. Like, I, I think do Dan... look, they are, but I just, I, the story's too much. There's just too much going on. Like monks making Richter a, a, a prince or a god or whatever and stuff. And then this happens, then this happens, and now monsters. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I feel yeah. like I need to a little bit. My favorite panel is it the catnip or the griffin or whatever that's on top oh, of the White House. Looks like he's laughing. <laughs> like he's like he's such a happy monster. Oh like, yeah, I, he's I, totally I, having a good time. I'm yeah. gonna have a snack. You guys are gonna be, you guys are gonna be really good on my nachos. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I can say one thing at least for you. Uh, the person which I forgot that was in Excalibur is in this Excalibur. Um, Pete, Pete Wisdom. Yeah, I think that kind of proves my point. Oh, right. <laughs> I've never seen a skull bear. I was like, who is this person? Okay, you're there. Yeah, th- yeah, you're right. There's no like, it's just, here's Pete Wisdom. You'll only know him if you ever read it in the 90s. Oh, look, mm. he has fire. Okay, bye. My... I prefer pyro. <laughs> I don't fire. They're not fire. I'm, I'm like, come on, that looks like fire. Yeah, well, that, yeah. That, that just someone... further illustrates Ian's point. Oh. It's, it's undefined. What are his powers? I didn't even know he had powers. Hot knives. They're called hot knives, and he generates tiny little crystal knives that are as hot as the sun. There you oh, go. Well, he has the first hot claws. Yeah, he had the first hot claws. Yeah. Oh, we should have put it across better. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, maybe you just to be like super dumb about it but if you're if your claws are as hot as the sun you, you you're and you're that close to it you're burning the whole planet up right. <laughs> i don't know how it works claremont no warren ellis made him i don't know how it works. <laughs> look i i feel like this is really jumbled and it's it's I think maybe issue two or whatever it started to slow down, but it's just a, a hot mess of all kinds of things happening, and it's undefined. And 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 uh, it's like on a broken treadmill. It's constantly going quicker and slower, whatever point it wants. Yeah, it's uh-huh. this went from. Well, what happens yeah. is, is so what just happened in my room right now. So always in our rocking chair, watching his iPad, and he's bouncing around and rocking, and he fell out because he went went too fast. He just fell on the floor. Mm-hmm. That's what this book is doing. It started rocking and got going too fast, and the plot fell out of the chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm still going to give it three out of six. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it. Oh, God. Maybe I'm going to give it three out. No, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a high two out of six. That was a that was a painful decision. That was a painful noise death magic decision. That's true. <laughs> uh, I don't know, to be honest. I'm in between two and three. So okay. two and a half. Can you half can you half score? I don't know. I'm was halving it. Ian can like, do whatever he wants. Uh, okay. Just us that count. <laughs> <laughs> I'm breaking all the rules. That's oh. right. I am of this podcast Deadpool. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> no. Uh, uh, okay. I'm thinking back on. I'm Pinkie Pie. You Pinkie Pie. <laughs> no more bronies. No more bronies. Uh, 
Uh, Joe will, G, what about you? I, I'll give this a two. Um, the the character artwork, and even not not even in every panel now, uh, a lot of stuff underground is like a little wonky. So, just I mean, the, the, some of the character artwork is fine, but otherwise, this is kind of like falling further and further into should we read this uh, territory in my head? So yeah. <laughs> That's how I've been feeling with it, actually. I'm debating whether to actually continue buying it or not. Yes, he is. I was surprised. But then actually I read it and I was like, I'm not too surprised. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel bad for y'all's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Maybe God you'd be right. happy with what us. <laughs> True. True. All right. Well, Dan, why don't you take the second best book of the episode? Oh, are you okay, buddy? It's because the scallop has been talked about. <laughs> oh. Okay. He, he fell out of the chair a little bit too hard that time. <laughs> that's, that's issue five. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, so X-Men number four. Global Economics. As yeah. Written by Jonathan Hickman. Art by Lennon Francieu. Uh, <coughs> Ink. For some reason, I've read that as Inklings. I was don't know why. Inkers, as um, Leonard Francis and Jerry Alguilavval, Alguilan. There you go. Um, and Sinigo as the cover artist, and VCs Clayton Carlos as letterer, and Tom Mueller as design. Uh, you, you, and Go are the cover artists, and the cover is suited and booted, is what I'm calling it. Suited and booted. Very nice. <laughs> We have um, Xavier and Magneto and Apocalypse. Apocalypse, who is basically, um, his fashion design these days is just daddy. Um, (laughs) In the gay colloquialism, not in the I have children. Um, Um, And they are just strutting their stuff on a horrific carpet, which I would definitely not own. And, no, you uh, burn that carpet. That's what it's good for. It looks like someone's vomited on it. And um, a group of old people watching them. Uh, that's basically it. Magnino yeah. looks awesome. I love this cover. I love him in the white, like his white suit, his new uniform with like the magenta and purple like underclothes representing his old outfit. It's it's perfect. Yeah, it's nice. It's really nice. I wish he was in front, but but I understand why he's not. I guess. <laughs> So. Actually, you know, I wish it was just him. I changed my mind. I do, I do really like this cover. But I wish it was just him standing in like a black room in that suit and just standing there staring at you. That would be awesome. <laughs> so in uh, Switzerland we go. Um, is it Davos specifically? A bizarre-looking um, XX hover helicopter. It looks like a Wakandan plane, but it's yes. a Cohen plane, interestingly enough. Sorry, go ahead. Um, all right. Out, out steps. Um, school teacher Scott Summers and the rest <laughs> of the <school> <laughs> Um They all look cool. Scott looks like a teacher. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And Gargan's got his uh, uh, sword, so you know. Um, so they all step out and they were going to a meeting of sorts and uh, my favourite Cyclops ever, Hickman Cyclops, super sass of all sass, is just um, being awesome. And they have banter, as far as you can tell. I do love the whole, we need your weapons. And Gargan's like, no. <laughs> Basically. 
And um, they're doing a meeting with economic, political, socio-geographical, uh, important people around the world. And it all looks, we have like a little menu and they're going to have gazpacho, although I would never actually eat watermelon gazpacho because that sounds horrible. But, you know, and they're having kale. It's a very vegetarian meal. Um, and then you have all of the representatives, because um, why not? And they mingle before they get down to business. And secretly, we have people with weird circles in their heads uh, to start Professor Xavier reading their minds. And they're all ready to murder people, specifically Xavier, Apocalypse and Magneto. Um, but unfortunately, and possibly lucky for everyone, uh, they're machinery doesn't work and instantly Xavier knows and communicates with Scott and everyone I love how everyone now knows and has the all the mutants have the upper hand in this uh, nice conversation everyone's having a jolly good time talking um <laughs> apocalypse is like it's me that ends actual ages of man not not like a disease it's literally me yeah <laughs> um and um cyclops deals with one group of bad guys while magneto's having one of the greatest speeches magneto's ever given in the past couple of years um and then obviously you know while while the suited men are getting the truth and getting to the point with the um other leaders of the world uh our gorgon and cyclops are just beating i, I do love that cyclops is casually like i'm being strangled anyone want to like help um and everyone's just having fun basically and it's just a talking heads issue where cyclops um beats a few guys up and gorgon dispatches them pretty easily and magneto loves steak um and that's basically all it is and there's a lot going on here to be fair politically uh talking about um them like it's the first time well the second time xavier takes off his i won't actually say it's the first time xavier takes his helmet off in a real book we're not encountering xbox um, <laughs> and will i just generally love that the the mutants are like no we're not asking you to do anything we're telling you that this is how it's going to be and then they're like charmed to meet you bye <laughs> and that's it but it's i made it sound like nothing really happens because it's talking heads but there's so much beautiful dialogue and like the sheer um idea of um people with actual power talking to arrogant people who think they have power is such a brilliant dramatic um idea that Hickman's brought to the table here literally and figuratively and even trying to assassinate let's be honest they're they're three of the most powerful mutants on the planet but trying to assassinate them doesn't even matter because they have ninja boy upstairs and teacher cyclops beating the living crap out of people <laughs> um and i do like the the little nods like magneto help when when scott asks magneto like moves the dude's metal um but and I do like the <laughs> the two people who have caused the most uh, horrific murder of humans are the ones that talk the most as well. But what Xavier says is is to the point and direct, um, and that it is more like an ultimatum than a than a um, of joiners. Yeah. No, it's hard. Right. Yes, I enjoyed it immensely. How about all of you? Yeah, this is like. Oh, why is why is Hickman heading all the X books? Oh, this is why he's heading the X books because only really he can write this well. Like such persuasive and engaging Talking Heads issue, coupled with fun like dialogue and action, 
that's actually it's still really important to the plot but also really engaging on a number of levels you're like oh yes this is this is excellence. Um, you know, this is like master. This is a master writer writing something that very few people on the planet could write, and we're lucky enough to to get to read it in this book. It was uh, when when we look at Excalibur and we're like, ah, it's good, but it's not right. Then I compare it to this book, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, Excalibur is a two uh, because this is so much better on I don't know every level, right? Because uh, even artistically, um, it. it like the, I love the fact that it's coloured in a in a quite um, pale palette to to match its arctic, arctic surroundings, and even though the George's criticism of it's just shades in the background, oh um, no, is often is often here. Um, no, no, no. I, they, like, we have zoom the, ins on everyone's face, showing like how they feel while they're saying things, giving intent to the speech. It's not uh, not not nearly the same thing. But no, I mean, if you look at the intent of the shading in the background, for example, Gorgon, um, it's blue when it's the military, but with the blood, it makes it a pink. And then they fuse the blue and the pink as his final words as he leaves the door. Right. right. Like it's an actual artistic intent for the for the coloring of the book, which is quite a yeah subtle but small things. And if <laughs> Magneto has never looked so smug, as I'm going to say, <laughs> like it's just beautiful. Him holding with the fork and the little piece of. This piece of uh, steak is—he's just like <laughs> I've won, <laughs> and I just—I just love it. I just love the expression on his face. It truly is brilliant. So I've already talked too much. What about you, Jason? Yeah. Okay. yeah um, you want... Ian, you want you want to jump in before I jump in? Um, sure. Um, uh... <laughs> I don't know what to say. It was just good enjoyment and. A beautiful example of why you could have a comic with almost nothing going on, but still have it so beautifully well done that it's a joy to read. Yeah. I think that's about the best way I can put it. Yeah. I I thought it was very interesting, very intriguing. It, it kind of... Hickman sometimes does this. Um, it's, it's almost hyper-realistic in the, in the aspect that no one's really a good guy here, like, all the way. Um, so that's, you know, it's kind of interesting, but I, I thought it was very compelling. Um, I don't mind talking head issues, so, you know, no really complaints there. Um, I'm not sure if you really has enough expression to pull off all the talking head, but, but then there are panels that that make me a liar, like, you know, when Magneto holds up the piece of meat on his fork, and he's got that perfect, just smug facial expression. So I kind of go back and forth on how much I love the art. But um, other than that, I thought this this is a great issue that definitely expounds on the status quo and kind of Krakoa's place in the global scale. Um very, very interesting and intriguing. And the amount, Great. Of, totally. The amount of character that's in it, like each individual character, even Gorgon gets like. Let's just right. I feel like we're slagging off Excalibur, but like um, <laughs> Howard struggles to present Gambit, Richter, and Jubilee as like fleshed out characters from issue to issue. Um, whereas here, in merely a page, I get Gorgon 
Like, I understand where he comes from and where he fits in and why he's a captain. That makes sense. I got that, and I've never had any experience with him before. There you go. There you go. That's what good writing does. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Yeah, And that's why, um, Georgie, when you were saying about as the other person that can write, I was generally hoping, because of the pause, that you were just going to stop there and that was your sentence. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, Georgie, why don't you go first? What do you want to give X-Men number four? Oh, I, I love this issue. This is a six for me. Okay. What about you, Dan? It was um, divine, I suppose. Uh, six, easily. Okay. Ian, you going to get on the six train? I'd give it more if I could, but yes, six. <laughs> okay. You can give um, it a half, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, six and a half for me. <laughs> right, six and a half. They can have one of Lara's claws in a feet. Oh, but in that case, I can go much higher. If you're cutting Lara. Right. So, in my notes, I had written between a five and a six, but after talking about it with you guys, I'm, I'm more firmly in the six category. Um, I think after listening to y'all talk about the art, I like it a little more than I did maybe the first pass. Um, and that was really my only, only like, I'm not sure between the five and the six. And now that I, I've come around in the art more, I think definitely six out of six claws for me too. To be fair, yeah, Jason, we live, we live in a world where uh, a Russell Dartmoor cover could be uh, controversial. So if you want, <laughs> you want to lower, lower the score for art, then uh, yeah. it's fine. Right. No, I, I, I think I'll, I'll go with you guys. We'll, we'll make, it a, <laughs> make it a clean sweep for X-Men number four. So when, speaking of Russell Dotterman, let's circle back around to Marauders number five. Marauders number five. Uh, we have writer Jerry Duggan, artist Matteo Loli, yay, Lucas Wernick, uh, uh, color artist Federico Blee, letterer VCs Corey Pettit, and designed by Tom Muller. Uh, we're treated to another, another uh, cover by Dodderman and Wilson. Uh, this time uh, it is uh, Iceman with, um, is it Christian Frost? Yep, uh, it is. On, uh, on top of a submarine with Iceman just like creating some some uh, ice spikes here. Uh, the cover's fine for me. I, I think I, I prefer the, um, the Storm cover. It's much more dynamic and engaging. This one... I don't know if it's the effects or what, but it feels a little boring. Well, it's, oh, um, I really like it. I really like it too because I quite like because when controversy when when just only Dortmund can bring this much controversy to the podcast. Um, I don't understand the world's broken. No, anyway, I didn't say um, it was bad. Jesus, <laughs> praying for Ian to tell me it's bad. I no. never said it was bad. I like it because I'm a sucker for Dortmund's use of um, vocal lens. With his yeah. snow and lightning effects. Sure. And I'm lightning. Also, there's not no, I'm talking about four. This is referencing others. About okay. Being I was going to say, um, that's pretty lightning. But on the other cover, he does it with lightning. Anyway, no. Um, <laughs> and I do like the fact that Christian, Christian uh, Foss is just hanging out in, in a robe, in a bathrobe, just like, yep, yeah, whatever. Two gays on a submarine. I love it. <laughs> so, it sounds like a, sounds like a, Oh, like a band, to be honest. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Georgie. Well, speaking of two gays on a submarine. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Ian, Ian, Ian didn't get to say how much. Oh, sorry. 
Yes. Oh, I think you should have been for me now, Dan. Yeah, true. Well, unfortunately, you're right. Well. <laughs> 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 I, actually, I actually quite enjoyed it, to be fair. The moment I saw the cover, it just jumped out at me. And I was like, ooh, I like this. Probably because Bobby's on there. But, you know, it is beautiful. There you go. Yeah, and it just feels I, a little I, bit like the characters are kind of superimposed on top of uh, the background uh, here a little bit too much for me. You do have a point, though. Anyway, uh, jumping into the actual issue, we have the submarine uh, emerging uh, from some icy waters, and we've got uh, some really fabulous-looking Iceman and Christian Frost just, like, hanging out. And I'm like, oh, Mateo Lolly's back. This is nice. I like this. <laughs> and they have some fun banter, and Iceman makes some ice stuff, and we get to check out the inside of the submarine, and... Christian Frost is trying to persuade Iceman to join him, but uh, he kind of hints that that Bobby's a little worried about Kate because Kate can't uh, go through the portals, which means she may not be able to be resurrected. So he's he's trying to protect her. Uh, and... You say ice stuff. He literally um, used his powers to re- revert global warming, <laughs> which is a big thing. <laughs> Oh, yes, it is. I'm just trying to save a little bit of time to <laughs> go through the plot. That's right. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, then there's a meeting of the Hellfire Club at Hellfire Bay. A Christian Frost shows up, uh, and who we haven't seen you know participate in these meetings before. But it's I do love uh, his his scarf. I don't know how that actually works, but I I really enjoy how that wraps around it in, inside the suit. Um, and uh, there, there's a bit of a conflict between Shinobi Shaw, uh, not Shinobi Shaw, um, Sebastian Shaw and everyone else. And they Sebastian gets voted down, and Shinobi's like, Oh, I thought I drove my father nuts, but I have nothing on you two. And it's just fun banter back and forth. Kate is in his, her wonderful captain's outfit, which I just wish she would wear all the time, uh, when she's out and about. She has some fun dialogue with her and Emma. Uh, maybe my favorite joke of uh, uh, for for a long time in a comic where where Emma says, "I am afraid to die too, Catherine." Which knows what I return with? Like, <laughs> so good. Um, they they reference that they they've brought these uh, young mutants back. Uh, they're going to take care of them. Uh, but uh, then we switch over to the other artwork, and part of me was like, "Wait a second. Were there two artists? And I had to flip back. I'm like, oh, yes. Warnick is doing the second half. And the second half is drab in comparison. Um, we are back in Madripoor and Bishop and Storm are like just doing stuff. Just It's like this mission they talked about earlier is, is, is happening. Uh, I would say in terms of writing, this is sort of a, someone dropped the ball here because we're like mid-mission to the mission they just were talking about. So uh, kind of a Lapse in timeline here, uh, but they're they're being attacked by the guys in the suits who uh, disrupt their powers. And uh, but Storm's like, you cannot take my power, and stabs this guy in the eye with a vibranium knife and just like kicks him in the face. Uh, was pretty pretty epic. Uh, then we get uh, a breakdown of this other Hellfire uh, team club, and um, people are people. Who cares? Uh, then uh, Kate is is. 
captaining her boat and another boat's going to slam into him, but she faces them, so we're safe. But then two randos jump on the <laughs> on the ship to attack, screaming uh, words in, um, I almost said Russian, screaming words in Latin. And I'm like, oh, uh, this second half of the book, mm, not so good. Uh, it really made me upset uh, what's happening. <laughs> Right. Is, no, it fair, yeah, like is it fair to me to be like this down on the second half of the book? I don't know. But that's how the book ends. And I was like, hmm, second half felt like we dropped the ball, both plotting and art wise. What happened here? You're not happy that your humans that don't have powers have turned up, Georgie, that could take out Omega level mutants in seconds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. Your favorite. That hate monger lookalike has a fire sword, so I'm sure Iceman's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Like fire, fire, like fun, but that's not Water, by this fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is so frustrating to me. I like to read this book because I was like, oh, we're back to where we should. Oh, no, we're not. Right. So, in the tale of two comic books, um, <laughs> which is this beautiful issue, right? So, if it was just the beginning, which was, um, my lovely, my basically Sinner Grace's continuation of his story arc, um, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Because this entire book is Sinner Grace's team of X Men, um, if you if you remember Iceman. But um, all that at the beginning, brilliant. It looks lovely. The side, the side eye when um, of of him playing the piano, looking at Bobby and Bobby like looking really concerned, drinking his whatever the hell that green liquid is. Um, and like just the general gist and, and how comfortable they look in their like robes and random um, hellfire gear and the fact that the submarine's got a glass top I don't think that works with pressure but let's not talk science <laughs> um, actually, I think that's explained a little later uh, it was when um, I think Emma's talking to Christian. Christian he actually says oh it's it worked quite well this time this time there was a piano so I think oh. it's actually a hologram, a hollow area Oh, like a day. Oh, okay. Oh, so he was trying to. Ah, he's trying to seduce Bobby, not but just. Didn't he up. already? Because Bobby's wearing his bathroom. Yeah, it yeah. felt like they had already <laughs> been engaged in in bodily functions. I generally do like the fact that they're just. This is just. Oh, George, too... you're so sexy. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me outline this further in very anatomically correct and scientific wording. Right. <laughs> I do like the fact that. Um, to basically two gay men are going around in Sabrine averting natural disaster. <laughs> <laughs> that's a comic by itself, guys. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's literally, that's legit. I love the fact that, because obviously Kate and Emma have had a massive antagonistic relationship through the years. And it is really nice to see them sort of like bond and become more of like a um, um, two women that respect each other and hate Sebastian Shaw. Um <laughs> Yeah, there's one thing I have to say though, mm-hmm. and that is out of all the nice things I've seen Emma in, why is there so much cleavage this time? Yeah, I don't know what she's wearing. It's, it's what she does. It's, yeah, uh, to be fair. Yeah. Do you want to see some Grant Morrison Emma from? No, then, I don't even need to know. Then you'll know. <laughs> then you'll know cleavage. No, yeah. I know she's cleavage at least three times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I think with them um, in one there. suit. <laughs> yeah. Dan, you want to know why I just like poo pooed the environmental stuff? Because all of the dynamics going on inside the submarine are like ten times more dramatic. Right. right. The side eye is way more dramatic than oh, we we we've saved the planet. And plus, 
that's the beauty of it. I think it's really cool that Iceman can save the planet, but let's be honest, it's not going to have any impact on any other comic anywhere. No. <laughs> so it's like, okay, if he can really do this big thing, then shouldn't like the Fantastic Four also mention, oh, by the way, global warming's over. Thanks, Iceman. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like the fact that it was kind of casual. Like they were just casually in, he was yeah. in a robe and just had like a bit of fun down below and they, they surface and they're like, oh, you just fix this and then we'll go and have a drink. Yeah, I mean, I just liked how it was right. like, yeah. yeah, just to show that Iceman, wait a second, he is, because obviously Hickman has brought back Omega Level Mutants and and Emma wearing more clothes, which is clearly a thing now. <laughs> I demand it. But, um, <laughs> I agree I agree with, with Georgie. Once we hit, um, I like to call it mud section of the book, um, it, it just, it's just hot. Like, the story's there. If that makes sense, it's nice to see Storm fight because you know, um, tip to the hat that she can hand hand combat with the best of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just doesn't because visually it just instantly turns to mud, and yeah. like the cool aren't working. That first panel of Bishop, he looks like he's going to kill the child, let alone save him. Um, and I just feel a bit sort of deflated because after such a great first half, which was even the writing seems a little different, and then we get back to right. The, get back to the ship and the ship seems okay and then all of a sudden who would show up but two really bland 90s human beings that kill right. mutant even though they yeah. probably shouldn't be able to <laughs> yeah I mean, isn't probably basically immortal anyway pretty much um but apparently you can just knock him out with a spear as well let's remember the spear mm. but what do you yeah. think of it i enjoyed it Granted, the second half was planned. But for the first half, yes, I was there. Okay. Well, I'm trying to decide if a six and a three average out to a four or a five. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, six for the first half and a three for the second half? I guess. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to <laughs> what, that, what that gives the whole book. I'm not sure. I'll let you guys go first. See, I want to give it... I'm going to give it a four. Because the first half purely outweighs my disappointment in the second half. And that if they can pick up the ball from this cliffhanger, it could be quite a fun fight. Especially if it's done in, like, a page and they just defeat them. Just a panel. <laughs> a panel, yeah. <laughs> they just end to defeat them. Pyro oh. just takes that fire sword and shoves it up his ass. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um or, yeah. or Pyro says, hey, thanks for bringing the fire. And then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Burns them all up. I generally, I generally think the first half is so beautiful. Like, it looks it's great. great. It's so great. Really well. And, like, the, the dialogue is beautifully handled. Like, Duggan, where is he? Like, I know he's done really good work before in Kenny Avengers and stuff. But, like, yes. Thank you very much for making a good X-Book. <laughs> so I'm giving, yeah, I'm giving it, I'm giving it four. All right, what about you, Ian? I, uh, it's a toss-up between three and four for me as well. I will go three just because of how it be the second half. And I feel like the second half sticks with me more than the first. I was generally going to okay. sigh if you said three and a half. <laughs> <laughs> okay, done. No, no, no. Done. Three and three quarters. <laughs> 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 
I gave the previous issue a three, and this was better, just for the second half being better. So uh, I'll give this one a four. But that second half, as we've spoken to, a bit of a letdown. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna come back out on a high four then. I don't, I don't think it's. I think the second half doesn't quite let the book merit a five, but, but man, yeah, I, that that first half was so just perfect. So, but we'll we'll go with a high four overall. Okay, right. so um, probably have to go through these last two fairly quickly. I apologize. Um, but it's Excalibur number five, which again, actually both of these books will be featured right on Excalibur because y'all are yes. doing the mutants as yep. well. Yep. All right, cool. So definitely get more detail from the guys later. Um, but Excalibur number five, The Veil Between Worlds, uh, written by Teeny Howard, art by Marcus Toe. Color. Actually, there's nothing different about the credits on this book. It's the same as number four. Yep. Um, I do really like the Azrar cover. It's the one that's been kind of all over the place um, about a month ago, I guess, when people were like, oh, Rogue's pregnant. Well, no, she's not, but she is in her coffin, and she mm-hmm. is looking nice and pink um, as Apocalypse is about to crush her head, maybe. Um, what do you guys think of the cover? I quite like it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's lovely. Cool. I kind of got nice tired cover. of seeing it. Oh, sorry, Ian. What did you say? I said it's a nice cover. Oh, yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I kind of got tired of seeing it all over the place, but I still enjoy it. Um. Okay, so basically, uh, in Looney Tunes fashion, Richter is able to save Gambit from falling to his death by spearing him with a stalag... Wait, which one goes up? Stalagmite or stalactite? Let's well, do I don't know. Okay, anyway, one of those. But he has to use a crystal to do it, which is going to piss Apocalypse right off later. Mites Um, curl up, tights fall down. That's my mnemonic for stalactites slash stalagmites. There you go. Okay. 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 So they run back to England to fight some monsters. Everyone is fighting monsters. Pete Wisdom's flirty flirty. We find out this fire dog on the dream world that first visited uh, Bet- Betsy is now visiting Rogue is actually Rachel. Um, and so they get Rogue gets some visions that allow her to wake up early. Apocalypse is mad that she woke up early. And then he's mad that Richter used one of the crystal's energies to save Gambit. And so he can't do his plan. His plan that involved Rogue this whole time to something. And then... Rogue wakes up, and then she turns into Apocalypse. I don't yeah. actually really know exactly what happened. I'm sorry, I forgot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I spoke to Zan this morning. I'm like, this makes like no sense. Everything's unraveling. I don't know what's happening. This is like if four was like, ah, oh, I'm starting to like lose control. Five is like, someone else take the wheel. I'm jumping out of the car. <laughs> like, no idea what's happening. <laughs> I still think it's a good-looking book. I still like the art, but... Um, yeah, I'm just... Man, I, I, felt, I feel bad, because initially, I was a little higher on this title than you guys, but I think I'm... Um, through no fault of mine, I completely blame the creatives. They kind of coming down to y'all's level a little bit. Which is funny, because if, if you guys, as you should be, are listening to Excalibros, you know, I think initially I was a little higher than Dan. Dan was a little higher than Georgie. 
Dan and Georgie talked about it. Dan agreed with Georgie, and now I'm agreeing with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bringing you all down. Yeah, I don't know. What thoughts on the book, if you can come up with any? Before we get into thoughts, let's just, we can all agree that New Mutants is like an issue worth talking more about. So maybe we just yeah. like tie this up quickly yeah. and move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm good with that. You, you just want to grade it out, right? Well, I mean, I, I'm not sure if Dan or Ian have a few words they want to say. I don't want to cut them off completely, but I would much rather spend our remaining time talking New Mutants is all I'm saying. Right. Ian, what do you think? I can swim up quite quickly. It's a book that being reminded of this issue that I don't think I'm going to keep buying, but I'll still read. Mm. I'll up are, you, are you saying that we illegally download things? <laughs> are you sure you want that on the record, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Um, right, no, that's actually um, an interesting way to put it. Um, I will quick. I will attempt to be quick and concise. I like Rogue's new costume, um, not the yeah. pre the pre-apocalyptic Rogue. Um, I like her new costume. Um, if this was all in service to Apocalypse's randomly vague, I'm making a portal plot, then that was a waste of five issues. Yeah. Um, it is messy and it's not it's not inco- incoherent, but it attempts to be because it's doing the dream world bullshit. And um, I am sad that Betsy is literally a side character in the book that was supposed to be her as Captain Britain, was it? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not, it's not good. It's I, not had, I had high hopes for it <laughs> and I'm just disappointed. I'm giving it a two. There you go. I'll also give it a two. Two. All right. Well, last up, we have New Mutants number five, which, you know what's cool about this book and looking at this cover? There's only two names that get credit on the cover. And I know they leave off the letters, and that's, you know, sad. But it's just cool to see New Mutants brought to you by Hickman and Rice. Like, that's just, that's, that's awesome. Um, Agreed. That's that's new... I was like, ooh, that's tasty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's, I guess it's probably Reyes, right? Rod Reyes? I don't that's know. That's the way I've been doing it, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Rod... I think it's Reyes. But, um, okay. Before you, before you start, um, this funk of air has nothing to do with whatever happens inside. And usually that annoys me. That's okay. But this one, so I love it because... Because if you think of the context of the moment where... Uh, Dan, it's uh, raining in space. Well, if Bobby... <laughs> <laughs> to me, this is like the alternate reality where Bobby went to say, hey, do you want to have a date? And this is her reaction to that. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no, I won't. No, in spirit, oh, I totally get this cover. your boyfriend as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, when's that going to be canon? Anyway. Um, or cannonball. Um, hey. Hey. Yeah, so uh, New Mutants number five, Endangered Birds, written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Rod Reyes, and that's all you need to know. But you also have a letter of E.C.'s Travis Lanham, designed by Tom Mueller, and as we talked about, Rod Reyes does the cover. Uh, it's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. It's superb. It, yeah, I really like the funk of it. It pody. <laughs> Ernie. Yes. 
Mean so, Dothman should be on the front cover of the, uh, <laughs> the trade take back. So Hickman takes a little bit of a turn in this issue, uh, which, you know, by the way, just glad to be back at this story. Sad that it was like we're going to do one at a time going forward, mm. which kind of sucks. But um, anyway, um, it's been heavily narrated and beautifully narrated by Sunspot. Now it's almost almost like metatextually narrated um, with the like see you next issue and stuff like that at the end. But um, he talks about giving a recap and how, you know, he, he's too, he's too good and too important for a brief recap. So we have like a page full of, of wonderful text and beautiful art um, that basically explains how we got here. Um, and then, you know, we see gladiator and his council who's going to betray him Basically, they send the uh, Shi'ar Death Commandos after the ship with Deathbird on it. And um, I love that the idea of Chamber and Mondo just kind of like checking out. Even later when they're called to fight, they're like, you want to go fight? They're like, no, not really. You want to have some drinks? Yeah, let's just do that. Um, Lots of great dialogue. Uh, Sunspot trying to work up the courage to go for it with Deathbird. And she completely shuts him down. But but Cannonball and a Smasher just let him. Like, it's, it's beautiful. And such a, like, this is how friends act. Like, yeah. Like, one thing about New Mutants, like, it totally captures how friends and family just act around each other and treat each other and talk to each other. And it's just, it's really great. Um, we get a nice little reminder of the roster of the Death Commandos. There's some fun kind of poking fun at magic and how she can kind of turn on a dime and just be crazy, um, which is fun. Um, all the art is freaking gorgeous. Um, I love when magic has the dialogue with uh, the, the group of intruders. Yes, <laughs> I do too. Yeah, so... Yeah, so basically the Death Commandos get on the ship. They're trying to take, assassinate um, Deathbird and then clean up the mess, which basically means killing the new mutants as well. And um, so Maggie's like, here's my question. You want to make out with me? <laughs> and the scroll guy's like, no, I do not. And then she asks everybody. And the insect guy's like, not enough arms. And then uh, the supernova, is that her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, the girl with the... Uh, the Bacalo design super cleavage is like, well, yeah, a little, but unfortunately I'm working. <laughs> and so Maggie's like, all right, you're lost. I'm going to kill you all now. And she takes them out fairly easily. Some of the other new mutants have various levels of success, but then there's like this space bomb and they blow it up. And the new mutants go out into space and Cannonball's like, well, how are we going to get out of this? I guess you'll find out next time. Um, I, I love this issue. I, I know I went through it fairly quickly plot-wise, but this Hickman-Reyes just continue to hit a grand slam on their portion of this book. Yeah. Can we just, like, there's a, the character count here, uh, like the roster. There are 14 characters that Hickman's juggling here, and not that they all get a, a huge amount of time, but they all get some time, and you, you like you know who they are. 14 different characters. In Excalibur, we have like five, and we're like, uh, we're not going to focus on three of them. Don't <laughs> uh, say Park Excalibur, it deserves it. You know what happened here, guys? I said, you guys don't have to read X-Force, 
and Fallen Angels anymore, so we've made it Scalibur like the whipping boy. Oh, no, no. It just, <laughs> look, if those books were on, on here, we would be giving them ones or I, I, like halves if it was Ian. <laughs> we would give them a half, all right? Yeah. We'll crack up the zero again. Yeah. Um, my, my biggest question is, who... Who thought it would be a great idea to um, not just give this creative team time and just release it monthly and just ignore Brisson's bullshit and give him some other book that will get cancelled down the line? Because why are we waiting for, like, three yeah. months at a it's time? Annoying. But... And the, only, the only good thing about issues th- three and four were that Rod Ray started did the covers. Yeah, and imagine, what, imagine reading this in trade. Imagine how disappointing a trade would be if you read it in like a trade of five, you're like, oh, right. these two issues, amazing. These two issues are horrific. Oh, it ends with a good issue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what? And this is pure speculation, but I imagine it takes Reyes a long time to create these. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Hickman's probably like, we need two months for an issue, so we're going to need some fillings. And then That's they had... Uh... It's not like these books don't come out enough. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Sure, sure. <laughs> I'm going to freely admit I didn't read the other other team's issues. Not, you know, three was okay. It was like, one. hey, maybe this will be all right. And then four was like, nope, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> got all the warnings from Dan. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to save myself the pain and just skip this three and four issue and just go for what's good. Yeah, I basically said there's no such thing as issue three and four and New Mutants is only one, two, five. And then whenever Hickman and Reyes is back on it, again, is the next New right. Mutants issue. So it's it was like odd, odd issues for, for a little bit. So we'll, um, we'll, do, the, we'll do the odd numbers. To, to be fair, though, um, it's, it's masterful. I'm fully expecting you guys to cover three and four on Excaliburs. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we will. We will cover them. They will be they will be burned at the stake, yes. <laughs> if I have to sacrifice them to get more of this, I don't mind. Um, I love this. I It's the best issue of all of them. Yes, uh, I agree. Like, he has given me so much of my favorite Bobby that like the other the other Bobby um, and like the the uncle thing I relate to it so much because that's what I do with because my... you're filthy rich <laughs> oh right right yeah because yeah, like that's what I do with Joshua yes <laughs> um, I relate to it I understand I get you're it you're a uncle you understand but um the line where Deathbed goes I'm not rich I'm wealth we're wealthy <laughs> and I was just like yes. If you are, <laughs> and I just like the humor of it. Like, if you put this side by side with with X Men, and <clears throat> your X Men's like heavily steeped in like the political climate and the the idea of creating a nation, and then this is just an adventure book with a guy who's slightly up himself narrating it. That's literally the, and it's just insane that you can write both spectrums in such a uh-huh. massive way. And like, it looks so good. Like the the, the joy on Magic's face when she asks if they're human. And they're not. And she's like, that smile with all the red. And you're like, she's mad at them, hasn't she? She's like, yeah. kill them. <laughs> I, I love honestly where one's str- clearly, sh- like, not struggling, but beating them. The other one's getting them to fight themselves. And then you get Wolfman, and then she just sat on them looking at her nails. So good. And I like the, the fact that their um, Mondo and Chambers seem to be pacifists, not because they don't, wa- they don't want to fight, but also they seem to have, like, yeah, they'll deal with it. It's fine. What's right. <laughs> one drinking? And the, the scene I like with Carmen, well, first of all, the fact that Carmen does the don't hit yourself uh, <laughs> routine is awesome. But then Wolfsbane just sitting on that guy, like, 
making sure her claws are okay. Like it's just it's great. It's so good. And, and, and when Karma's doing the little two um, peace signs when hers has been defeated, <laughs> right? Like you, you're Instagramming this, right? Someone, someone got a picture. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's just their kids. Their kids in the best way possible. And I like the fact that it is in keeping in character because Danny's all professional and like I'm just gonna. Um, attack him with a bow and be just real efficient and everyone else is just like yeah I'm just going to have fun and be joyous but um, I don't know how they're going to survive space but that bit at the end just looks great like it generally is so beautifully coloured just this stellar um, sort of anom- like the stars and that in the background is beautiful to look at oh yeah, yeah. I I have to point out like Mondo and, and um, John will get it just a, just a minute in here but I love it's like Jono, you don't have a mouth. How are you going to drink this? He goes, very carefully. So like another little, like, <laughs> it's I a joke like you've fun. heard before, but it's really well-timed. And you're like, all right, I really appreciate this. <laughs> and I really like the fact that um, both of them talk about the other new mutants. Like, oh, you've, you've been around them for a little while. What do you think? And they're both like, yes, Doug's creepy. <laughs> like, <thanks. laughs> well, remember, issue one, Doug tried to, like, have him... I don't supplant his his consciousness with Krakoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah. I do love though that Doug's like, "Can I play with it?" And they're like, "No." And then when it goes all wrong, he's like, "Can I play with it?" <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, maybe you can help this time. <laughs> just and just from the 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 clicks and the, the 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 static and like the noises you can hear outside, you can decipher all of their intent. It's such a beautiful use of his power. Like it, yeah. It, it seems so like his power. I can understand a new language. It seems so like oh, what are you can do with that? That's why they killed him off in the first place. Um, and then Hickman's there going, well, you can do all this with it. <laughs> it's super easy, much like when Zeb Wells used it, so you could like fight everyone uh-huh. because he couldn't get everything. But um, it's a joy. It's a joy. It's I'm just gonna stop and say it's six. It's a perfect, perfect comic book. And yeah. I can't find any way to disagree with you. There you go. See, it all comes together in the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, six out of six for me as well. And, Same. I mean, and on if I was like uh, X Men four in between, no, no, this is a straight no, no hesitation, a very very strong six out of six clause. Perfect. I mean, this their their portion of this book has been perfect every time out, and I just love it. Yeah, it brings such a like a, when we talk about it, the, the passion and the, like the geekery of it all. Uh-huh. Is, <laughs> it's quite apparent, and like the other books don't bring that all the time. Right, not, not consistently. Yeah, right. This always brings us going, and we geek out about it. We don't just go like, "It's really fun." We're like, "This is so much fun." <laughs> um, right. in, in fairness, though, if we're treating this like we're treating Marauders, right? Then there are issues of Marauders where we're like, "It doesn't quite bring it." This one, and issue, you know, three and four did not bring anything to anyone. There's no issue. Um, there is no issue with Green Far. There, there are no issues. <laughs> only, only Hickman. Uh, what are you on about, Jaji? What universe are you in? <laughs> You've got to it's praise Hickman. Anything else doesn't exist. Yes, yeah, pretty much. Feels like. <laughs> I want to I say, uh, in my last point maybe, when we first started, we were like, hey, what's your favorite book? I was like, uh, it's obviously New Mutants. What do you guys smoke? And you guys are like, oh, Marauders or whatever. It's, yeah. it's, it's New Mutants, right? Like, you've all come around? Yeah. Actually, do you know what, do you know what the, my favorite book will be? Excalibur? No. <laughs> come back in the year. <laughs> it's Excalibur related. It'll be the giant size X Men uh, Nightcrawler. 
with Hickman oh. and Oh, that's Davis. what we were going to... Yes, I meant to mention that at the front. Yeah. Hickman and Davis. Gosh, can you imagine? I can't wait. When is that coming out? <laughs> um, uh, well, late spring? Is that yeah, because we've got Dortmer and Hickman, the ever-controversial Dortmer and Hickman are doing Giant Size X-Men, Gene and Emma. And then isn't it... Who's doing... I didn't see that either. Jesus, this sounds... What? Yeah. Are these all like one shots? Yes. Yeah, because it's Science Science X-Men a series, but it's a series of Hickman and one of the great one of the great artists of our times uh, in right. the, every issue and one of them. And, and um which one's who's doing who's doing Hickman? Uh, who's doing um Magneto? Is it, is it I, I don't remember. Um I can't remember, but um they all look they all look great. That might doing? who uh, did who well, drew the know. um the Magneto book from a, a couple years ago that we loved? Oh, um, well, uh, yeah, Walter. Yeah, he 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 was great. He just he does really good um, alien comics now. Um, oh, interesting. is he really? Yeah, he's drawing some really good alien. I think his last one was just. I think he wrote the last one, Dust to Dust. I think it was called. Oh, Ben Oliver is the artist for Giant Size X Men Magneto. Oh, I don't. Maybe that name sounds familiar, but I can't remember Cable quite... when he had Baby Hope. And he ran no, around. that's that's uh, Olivetti, right? Wasn't that a different guy? Oh, maybe I'm just getting confused. They all have the same uh, OL in there. Right. The yeah, I can be wrong too. <laughs> Ian's just looking at me like as if you're that confused about O and L. There's so many eyes. Uh, let's see. That's no excuse, Dan. Oh, I don't know. He will now forever be judged. Judged, no? Right. <laughs> but yeah, Giant Science X-Men is something I'm looking forward to. Because I think he's doing the whole of the council. Like, as as, as one shots. Oh, nice. nice. That would be cool. And I just want to see uh, what Jean and, and Emma get up to. Uh, <laughs> right? Because they're starting to bond, right? So we'll, we'll I didn't know you swang that way. Oh, well, you know, just... It, they're both well. I'm more of an Emma than than a Jean, but it'll work. It'll work for me. Russell Dortmund does great hair. It'll all be <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's all in the hairography. <laughs> all right. Well, guys, I think we're gonna have to probably sure knock off around here. But before we go, um, as always, thanks for for chatting with me. And uh, where can people find you guys? So, Ian, why don't you go first? Well, it's a pleasure to join you and thank you for having me back because I know I've missed a few but you can find me at SSJ Bakura as always because I never change my name anywhere <laughs> sounds good and what about the Excalibros I'll take it as usual um... <laughs> I'm not going to comment I'm not going to comment I'm not going to ask I always I'm not going to how things work but I I have an answer. Um, I feel like I've gone too red. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's a bit redder. Right. Uh, you can find <laughs> us at Excalibros1 on Twitter. Or you could just write in Excalibros and all will turn up in Google is us and something to do with Destiny, the computer game. But pick the first link. <laughs> really? Yeah, That's yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Um, but pick the first link because it's, it's our Podbean where you can listen to our... Um, podcast i nearly forgot what we were doing then um 
Podbean.com forward slash Excalibur and there you go. That's everything, I believe. You can maybe find us separately on Twitter, but I don't like to give out my not not since in comics do I like to give out my um my handle. <laughs> All right. Oh, I won't force you. So, um, Georgie, anything you wanted to add to that? Uh, no, just check out our, our, our podcast. We, I guess a few weeks ago, we released um, our, our first coverage of, of the New Mutants, the first two issues, which we obviously adored. And we'll be back out shortly with some more episodes. Uh, we're, we're sort of separating it, so we're having uh, an episode about sort of the original uh, books we've been covering, which is Excalibur and uh, Exiles and Gen X. And then we'll have uh, an episode that's only about these, these new new hits. Um, so I guess next time we'll be talking about uh, maybe three and four or three, four and five of Excalibur, and uh, also uh, th- the the non-existent, the the imaginary uh, three and four uh, <laughs> issues of New Mutants. And I got to yeah. say, uh, listeners, definitely check Escalibur's out if you haven't. It's an excellent podcast. But it's been really fun the last couple of episodes, watching them deal with the fact that they don't. They're starting to maybe question their choices of topics <laughs> because because they're in a place where both the old exiles and old Excalibur are kind of dipping in quality, and it's fun to see all react to that like kind of in the moment. So it's, it's very very it's a very entertaining podcast, one hundred percent worth your time. Um, you know, sometimes talking about bad books is just as entertaining as talking about good books. So. Um, Luckily, on this show, you get lots of both. <laughs> but um, anyway, I've just I've been really enjoying myself and very amused at y'all kind of noticing that. Wait a second, it's gonna be a long time before Scalbrick is good again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, welcome to our our dread. Right, right. So, but definitely check that show out. If you should already be, but if you're not, let me get that plug in to go listen to them. Um, as far as the podcast it goes, Snicked, of course, uh, Twitter is at Snickcast. You can like the Facebook page. Uh, retweets and Facebook shares are always appreciated. Um, and that's going to do it. So thanks, guys, again, very, very much for coming on. It's, it's always a, a really fun time and a highlight to talk to you guys. So very much appreciate it. It's a pleasure. We, we love doing it. Always a pleasure. All right. Well, until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 And snacked.